leave your shoes on the floor. You know what I mean? Just don't do crazy things. Don't walk around barefoot. Like, this shit is taught to you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they know to um be sensible, right? But just, yeah, people of really North Carolina, they do not know that. But boy, <laughs> are they gonna be taking some crash courses in um yeah poisonous snake prevention right now? Oh my days! Just there is probably a lot of uh, cats and small dogs that are going missing. Oh my gosh! Oh fuck that shit! Imagine because it's hot, right? Imagine just thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a seat, I'm gonna, you know, just lay down on this grass common right now, fuck, and then waking up as a snake is shooting at your fucking face, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, but, um, yeah, people, people of Rayleigh, be motherfucking careful. But, um, hey, some other news that kind of jumped out, right? It's a little futuristic shit. You know, because, you know, we, we're always being, I feel like we're always being hit with hoverboards, jetpacks, and flying cars, right? As the proof of the future is now. You know, the, the fact that we are carrying around fucking computers in our hands isn't really um, considered. But those are the benchmarks, right? Well, the flying car has taken a step closer, right? So they have just done a test flight in Slovakia, right? So this prototype called the air car. <laughs> yeah, they call it the air car. I mean, that's a terrible name. God damn, it's a bad name. But, you know, this air car, uh, it took a flight between Nitra and Bratislava International Airport. Took it 35 minutes. And they're saying that, uh, you know, when it landed, it just drove into the city. Which, uh, you know, interesting. So, it is using a BMW engine. Runs on normal fuel. Right? So, they're saying it can fly about 1,000 kilometers, 600 miles. At a height of 8,200 feet. Or 2,500 miles. Right, and um, so far this prototype has done 40 hours Now, I'm a bit like Do we really want this shit? Do we really, like, listen The roads are kind of congested, right? Roads are kind of congested and we've seen how many shitty drivers, right? how many shitty drivers there are. And I'm talking in cars, on bikes, just drivers on the road. Imagine if we let these fools into the air as well. 
don't know if we want that shit. Right? Because, listen, you've got planes. So, are these things going to get in the way of those? Right? It's always been a thing that people think drones can be an issue. So, imagine motherfucking flying cars. It's insane. Right? So, to transform from a car to a plane or a plane to a car supposedly takes 2 minutes and 15 seconds. Right? Now, you have all these people as well saying, oh my gosh, it looks incredible. It looks like a steaming pile of uncreative shit. This does not look like a great thing. <laughs> it just, like, you know, they've kind of taken the front of a car and they've, they, it looks like a weird mishmash between a road car, a Formula One car, and some back part of a plane, it is an odd looking contraption, it is a odd looking contraption people, and um, yeah, I don't, I just don't trust that people can, you know, use these things sensibly, I think it's going to be a problem, I think it is going to be a problem, right, they're saying it can travel as fast as 170 kilometers an hour, to be honest, I have no clue what the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't know. But it needs a runway. There's no vertical liftoff with this thing. It's, um, I don't know, it's weird. It's fucking weird, fam. They reckon that, you know, this industry could be a, a, a trillion, you know, a trillion dollar situation, I don't know, I don't think it's going to catch on, but who the fuck am I, <laughs> who am I, I don't think if it does, I think it could be a problem, I think it, it could be a problem, so fingers crossed, not in my lifetime, because <laughs> I ain't going to be allowed to drive this shit anyway, so fuck flying Cars, and let's just jump into this week's fucking episode, shall we? Let's go, people. Wednesday, which means it's time for another Echoes from the goddamn void. Coming in with a little love from the new Blood Red Shoes EP. Trust me, people, I have caught this band so many times live, and every single time has been incredible. Oh my gosh, if you get the opportunity to go see Blood Red Shoes people, you need to grab that shit with both hands. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. But anyway, right? Woo! 
A little bit of love is something that not everyone is getting. I ain't talking about me for once, motherfuckers. I am talking about the people of Rayleigh, North Carolina. Because, god damn, I wouldn't want to be there right now. I would not want to be living in that spot, right? Because there is a zebra cobra on the run. That's right. A motherfucking zebra cobra. Now, people have been warned that this very dangerous venomous snake will spit and bite if cornered. Which, you know what I mean? Like, just the way things are, sometimes it's not like you are looking to corner something. What if it's by your bins? You're going out to throw rubbish. Then all of a sudden, there it is. It's spat at you. It's biting you. You're fucked. You know what I mean? Like, um... Oh, man. The thing that really made me laugh was... Uh, the African Snake Bite Institute, right? They say... They're very dangerous, but fatalities are not common. <laughs> I mean, like, but fatalities do happen. People will die from this shit. Because to say they're not common is just saying that right now people have sense to keep out of these motherfuckers' way. Right? So it, it, it's not like, oh, yeah, no, they just, they won't really come at you. No, 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 people have just been avoiding them, right, because, you know, they are found mostly in, like, Namibia and Angola, but, you know what I mean, it's just, like, you think, in spots like that, you, you're dealing with shit like this on the reg, you know, in the rural areas, you know what I mean, so... You know that shit is probably taught at schools, right? Okay, this is what you do, right? All right, now. In a crazy, crazy bit of luck, right? Police in Greece have recovered stolen artwork, right? So in 2012, two. Hmm. Actually, I think what well, initially four paintings were stolen, right? But I think one was dropped on the way out. So the dude, well, whoever, they believed it was two people got away with three priceless pieces of art, right? One a Picasso and one a Piet Mondrian. You know, so these these pieces were stolen. Right, and it's just like, um, you know, a travesty at the time, right? The, I, I just should say the third one was a googly, oh, how do you pronounce this? Uh, a, a googly uh, lamo kakia piece, um, which. Uh, the suspect says he flushed down the toilet, right? Which I don't know if I believe that, but yeah, at the time, so these what these works 
they were stolen and the gallery believed it, there was two thieves involved. Turns out it was just one. Turns out it was a builder, right? A builder. And, you know, talking about it, he said, like, oh, yeah, he, he monitored the, um, you know, the security for six months. So it sounds like he worked at the museum, right? He, he took track of how often everyone went about, you know, their routines, cigarette breaks, when security would go past the paint, all of that stuff. Took note before he actually did it. So, yeah, he must have worked at the museum, which, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's a little weird, right? Because your paintings get stolen. Surely, surely you are talking to the staff. You know, you're even like, okay, where were, like, you know, and I'm talking about the staff who, um, well, actually, no, fuck it. I'd talk to all of them. I was going to say the staff who aren't on video in specific areas. Like, if you know someone is in the office, then they obviously didn't steal. But, just because they might not have stole it themselves doesn't mean they weren't involved. So, yeah, fuck it. I'm talking to every member of staff up in that motherfucker, right? That is what you think would have happened. But, no, obviously it did not happen. Which, I've, I feel that's a little worrying, right? I, I want to know why the fuck they did not do that shit, you know? Like, what, what's going on here? Now, here's the other crazy thing. So, this builder dude, he, he took the work, and it says that he stored it in his house. Had it had them stored in his house for a number of years, with no intention of selling them. So, you would then kind of think to yourself, then why the fuck did he steal them? You know, because look, I get, you know, I think when when you see those programs, right, those films, people have got the secret galleries in their houses, right, you've got that secret compartment, you open it up and you go into that secret room where, you know, it, it's at the right temperature, the right lighting and all these priceless bits of work are shown and you go in there and you enjoy the work and then you leave that's what you're assuming that you know what i mean that's what you would think it's not that oh this person has these things wrapped up under their bed that makes no fucking sense like what's the point Right, the the only thing would be that you're looking to sell them. If you're not looking to enjoy the pieces yourself, then why the fuck did you do it? You know what I mean? It, it's an odd one. Because obviously he didn't benefit. He's still a builder. So financially, there's no benefit. He's not getting any enjoyment from the pieces if they're wrapped away, hidden. So, yeah, what? why? But 
you know, so he had them in his house, right, but then for some reason, supposedly, he moved them to a riverbed, a dried up riverbed, just outside of Athens, that's, that's what they say, and that's where they were found, and you kind of think to yourself, what? <laughs> like, you've stolen this work. It's been hidden in your house. Why are you moving it to a riverbed? And just because there's no water, there are so many other things that could then just fuck those pictures up, right? If there is torrential storms, right? That could happen. Brush fires. That could happen, right? You know, just people stumbling on them. There's so many things that can happen. Animals defecating, you know, ripping them apart. Like, huh? It's weird. I, and I don't know, because in the piece I've read about this, there's nothing about the motivations or why. And that's what I would want to know. I mean, yes, obviously, I want to know why the fuck he stole them. But why move them? (laughs) Right? Why move them? You know, that's weird. And then the police got an anonymous tip-off that they were in this riverbed. So you have that. Doesn't say why they then suspected the builder did it. Right? So there, there is so many parts of this story that just aren't there. And you wonder, you know, like, did he move him because he felt that um, he was going to get caught, right? And then why would you think you're going to get caught if it's been hidden for so long, right? And if there was an anonymous tip off for the, the pictures, how did you find out about the builder? There's so much here that is just in the wind, right? It is, man, it's a weird-ass story. Weird-ass story. But the museum, you know, the gallery, they have their work back. Well, they have two of the pieces back. You know, I suppose, yeah. The thing that he supposedly flushed this other um, piece down the toilet, right? It was it was one of those, uh, you know, the sketch. Oftentimes, you have the sketches of something and then the painter would actually then create the piece so it's one of those little sketches but yeah to to think that you would flush it down the huh like makes no sense because he stole it for a reason right it's not like he stole shitty work right he picked out all of these pieces obviously for a reason so yeah you're not throwing it down the loo I don't believe that. I believe he's got that one stashed somewhere else. Or he sold it to somewhere. Some, there's something. There's something else. But, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever find out, people. But, you know, if you want to go to the National Gallery in Athens, the work has now been returned. So, the other day, the Tour de France had... What they are calling one of the worst crashes in their history. I mean, just when you hear that, I think 
you kind of picture something crazy, right? You, you like, I don't know, a tire blowing. You know what I mean? Going down. Because where was it? I think, was it the Tour de France? Or was it the Tour de Berlin? Something like that. There was one, um, and they were going down um, a hill on the side of a mountain or something. And a rider fell. I think there'd been rain. And they'd kind of come off their bike and they fell down the side and injured themselves. I think someone broke their leg. Like... That's the kind of shit, when you hear worst crash of the history of the event, you're kind of picturing something like that. That is not what happened here. (laughs) That is not what happened, right? If you want to know what went down, it was a woman, right? A woman with a sign Right, and it, 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 the thing that is even crazier, I kind of feel right because you're thinking, okay, if someone's got a sign, they're usually cheering on their favorite rider or team or something. No, this woman's sign said, um, what did it say? It said, Grandma and Granddad. Right, granny and granddad. And you're like, what? (laughs) So this dumb broad wanted to be caught on TV holding up this sign, going, hey, parents, I'm here. You know, actually, that's not a parent, right? No. Granddad and grandma would be a parent's parents? Yeah. They'd be her parents, but how the fuck are they still alive? That's kind of crazy. I don't know, this woman's retarded. Right, she's a moron. And so what happened was, you're thinking, wait, how someone holding a sign calls a crash? Well, (laughs) so I don't, so obviously it would seem that there's people Someone she knew across the road taking a picture Or she saw some TV cameras And she's trying to get on those So this moron Steps into the road Steps into the road Holding her big ass sign out Right? And the sign clips a rider who goes down and then causes a huge pile-up. And that is just baffling. And it's kind of crazy, because I remember um, when the news came that the Tour de France was still going to go ahead. I believe it was earlier in the year. They're like, oh, the Tour's going to go ahead, and we're just going to, we won't have spectators. Right, and I'm just thinking, alright, well that makes sense You know, because if you've tested all the riders They're riding You know, so it's at the very beginning of something You have everyone congested But then you kind of have everyone broken away Right, so you're not And if they're all tested They're not going to be spreading it Right, so there's no way for anyone to really get ill But 
they've decided to let spectators back as, you know, everyone's getting vaccinated and things are getting under control in some places. But when you see these supporters at the side, you're just like, well, what? <laughs> like, it, it, it doesn't seem very organised. They're literally on the side of the fucking road. You know what I mean? These fucking idiots are on the side of the road and the cyclists. There's nothing between the watchers and the cyclists, which... Just as an event organiser, you would look at that and go, that could be problematic. Right? That could be prob Because this was from a woman with a sign. So, obviously, look, she's a moron, but she wasn't looking to do this. You know? This wasn't her intent. But what if someone wanted to disrupt Right, they wanted to send a message. If you've got no barriers, then uh, yeah, <laughs> they can. Yeah, and especially I think now people have seen. Oh, it's that easy. Well, fuck. It's stupid. It is the stupidest shit. So the tour is gonna. They're suing this woman, right? Which. I get it, right, one rider had to pull out of the tour itself, and I think eight others have had to be treated in hospital for injuries, right, so you have all these people whose times have been fucked, times have been fucked, because, you know, of this, of this woman and her stupidity, right, which is insane, so I get suing her, because it would, um, it sends a message, right? It sends a message. I think the message should be, though, firstly, stop with the big fucking signs. You know what I mean? Stop with the big fucking signs and put barriers along the fucking route. You know, have barriers or just don't let people be there. It's as simple as that. There shouldn't be nothing in between these stupid fucking bystanders and the riders. Right? That is moronic. So, although the tour, they're going to sue this woman, I feel they need to take responsibility on their part in this bullshit. Because, A, there is definitely culpability for them. Because, whew, what were they doing? This is insane. It's insane. It's insane that something like this could happen. Could happen. And that woman, oi, moron. <laughs> A fucking moron. And you just think, yeah, her granddad and grandma, they're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> we need to... Pretend that she ain't related to us. We don't want to be associated to this shit. <laughs> it's just... Oh, man. Some silly-ass shit, man. It's some silly-ass shit. Hey, you know what, right? I think... 
over this last crazy period of time where everyone has been locked in, I feel that it has really shone a light on certain situations. Now, these aren't new situations, right? But when people have nothing else to do, right? When you're confined and limited, these things hit your radar more, right? So I think it's it's sad to see that artists are still getting held hostage by their record labels. And I'm talking about Ray, right? Rachel King, who, you know, finished third in the BBC Music Sounds um, competition of 2017. You know, she's worked with some big people, but can't put out an album. Can't put out an album, which is, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy, especially, right, this is the thing, this is, I think this is what makes, well, oh, okay, okay, ah, man, sometimes there's so much you want to say, right, so much you want to say, you jump ahead of shit, right, so, she has worked with some big artists, you know, Stormzy, um, David Guetta, David Guetta, Guetta, I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm saying Geta, right? Actually, I might say Gita. I don't know. Actually, I don't fucking... <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know. I will say it differently on another day. You know what I mean? It is something I have no clue over. But fuck it. Anyway, people, anyway. She's worked with them, rudimental, like... She's been on the radar, she's been on the bubble, right? So now, she just wants to put out her own shit. Which, hey, that's the thing, right? You you collaborate, right? That, that's what I mean, well, there's different ways, right? There's different ways of doing this shit. But one way is, you work with other artists. You, you, know, you appear on other people's stuff... Right, and that gets people go. Oh shit, man! Whoever sung the bridge on that track, that was fire. Or oh god damn, that that girl singing that one part. Oh man, that was killer. Who was that? Oh, that was Ray. Okay, okay. And then you hear something else, and it went, oh, that's that same chick. Oh shit, nice. I'm wondering she's gonna put out her own stuff. Right, and then she you drop your own shit, and people are like, oh, love that single. When's the album? Boom, drop the album. Ba ba You know, everyone clamors, they pick it up. It well, if you're promoted properly, right? If you do your shit properly, now you can also put just put out your own singles, build the uh, build the love that way. So there's different ways of doing it, but. You you start off with shit to lead to an album. And her album will only be released if her new single, Call On Me, performs well. Right? That's what she's supposedly been told by her record label. You know, which is... 
<sighs> it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing to do, right? I, it's, it's, it's a crazy as well because what does that mean? You know, does well, what does that mean? Right, because you have some things go to number one, some things go platinum, and that doesn't mean they were better than something else that did the same. Right, the parameters often change. So to get a gold album, it's it's not the same thing year and year out. Right, they change the uh, goalposts on that shit. Right, so I think in the past you had to sell a lot more to go platinum. Now, not as much. You feel me? So to say, oh, it has to do well. What the fuck? Give me, give, you know what I mean? Give me something to work with here. What are we saying? It's got to sell five hundred copies. You know, it's got to sit at number one for you know x amount of weeks. Like what? Is your parameters for doing well Because what raise parameters for doing well Will be different to what the record label is You know, just people talking about it That's doing well <laughs> Getting a certain number of interviews from it That is doing well but you can guarantee a record label will be seen doing well with something completely different. So, you know, that's that's one thing. Now, what I was going to say earlier was this, right? It, it's crazy to have a label say this shit when it's a known thing. It's a known thing because people have said it countlessly over the years, Right? You no longer make money off a, a record. Don't make money off a record. Right? The money comes from touring. So the records, the singles, all of that, that is just the promotion for the tour. Because the tour, that's when the record label, that's when the artists, that's when they all recruit and they make the money. Also, merchandise sales. Right? But again, your merchandise sales come from you releasing shit, right? So then you might buy a t-shirt with the image from the album cover Or, you know, uh, with a, 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 with lines from one of those singles on it Or, you know, it's shit like that, right? That leads the, um, the merchandise sales So for them to go, oh, we're not releasing it It doesn't make any sense in that regard, you know, it doesn't make any sense because then how are you going to make money? How are you going to make money from her if you're not releasing the material to generate interest in the tour? Huh? Kind of dumb. Kind of dumb. And especially when your artist has performed with big artists. Right, so they've created that buzz You, you work off of that You don't wait You work off of that Jesus Christ, it's not rocket science, you feel me? It's not rocket science 
So I feel bad for Ray. However, because there is a however, this isn't new, right? This is not a new situation. You know, this happens to so many people. We have seen it. We have had it documented in books, TV, film, newspaper exposés. You know what I mean? Blog posts. It is out there. It is out there. So, I, I, I feel that it is partly... You know, and listen, I, it's a it's a tough thing to say, right? Because you know she's twenty three, so that's young. She's still a kid, and and, and that's not to be patronizing. But what I mean is, it's just you haven't gone through the fucking grinder, right? So you're still disillusioned as a motherfucker. You still trust people. You know what I mean? You still think that, oh, oh, that person said something, so they obviously they've got my back. When it's just like, no, people are just giving lip service, right? You, you, you can still be blinded by the bullshit. Now, it's not to say that you can't be when you're older, but when you're when you're young, you definitely will trust more, right? So. Yeah, it is, it's a tough thing to say, but, you know, she entered the situation, right? She sent it, entered the situation with Polydor and, yeah, you know, confined herself to this bullshit contract, right? Because I, I feel it should be, all right, if you don't release the album within a certain period of time... I'm allowed to do it on my own. You know? You, you should be something like that. You should always have caveats in a contract so a label can't fuck you up. Right? Or if they're like, okay, fine. But I'm allowed to take X amount of sing tracks from that album and then add some new tracks and then release it as something different. You know, because this is the thing, the record label would have put money into you, right, so to just be like, alright, well, you know, they should just, I mean, you have to consider that, right, so it wouldn't be a case of just, oh, I take everything, and because they have put money into you, unless you go, okay, right, you have put into me this amount of cash, I owe you this amount of cash, Right, so let me go do my thing and I will pay this back within this time frame. Right, and I feel they should give a reasonable amount of time for that to happen. It shouldn't be like, okay, so next month you pay. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they've kind of, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, handicapped you? No, when someone, you know. Cuts the calf muscle. Shit, what do you call that shit, man? Um, anyway, they've kind of done that to you, right? So I think you, you should get 
let's say, you know, three years, three, five years, three to five years to pay back the money, right? And, and I think, you know, there should be things like that within these relationships. But to be honest, don't enter these relationships. You know what I mean? Do your own. Do your uh, have your own label, right? Own your own royalties. Now, it's not to say you can't work with a big label, right? But it's a co-partnership. So then when you're like, oh, I want to put my album out, they can't just say, nah, nah, that's not happening. You're like, well, you know, <laughs> it will go out via you or it will go out via me. It's going out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, like, you, you have to create a situation where you can't be held Hostage I mean that's the big thing You know so unfortunately Ray entered this Now I think she's been signed to the label For a while You know I think she signed in 2014 So yeah She she was um, Gosh That means she was uh, 17 16, 17 when she signed So yeah Like that was bullshit Hearing that was bullshit I, I feel there is a thing that you, you can't wholly own someone's shit From that younger age Right? I, I feel that's fucked up But Yeah, unfortunately she signed this deal Right? But I, I Yeah, it just seems Very dishonest Of them of doing this shit, you know, and hey, hopefully it works out for Ray, right? Hopefully it works out for her. But I think this should be another glaring example for young or old artists. Don't put all your trust in a label. <laughs> a label doesn't give a fuck about you. They just want means to make money, so if they think that you can't make them money, you are nothing to them, so when they're congratulating you and saying you're great, it's only because you're selling, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's only because you're selling, the minute there's a, a bit of a dry patch, shit will change, so you need to be in control of your own motherfucking destiny, you know what I mean, uh, and uh, yeah, just stop, stop making these deals, stop making these deals and giving these assholes power over you, because it is insane, it is insane. Yo, so sometimes, right, when you do these things, news comes out just as, right, just as you go live, right, but, yo, when you catch it, oh, shit, right, so, um, yeah, was just about to, you know, load everything up, and I see Bill motherfucking Crosby has just been released from jail, how fucking crazy, motherfucker was meant to spend 10 years behind bars, 
gets out after doing two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo. What the fuck is this? And the crazy thing is, right? It, he wasn't found innocent. Right? So that's the big thing. I think mean, you can look at it and go, oh, he was found innocent? No, 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 no. The case was overturned. Right? And it was overturned, it would seem, on two things. Two things, which is, it's kind of insane, but you feel could have caused a really bad precedent here, right? So, one of the things was, because in the retrial, right, five women spoke out about his behavior, right? They're saying that that should never have been allowed, Right, that should never have been allowed, which does seem a little weird, right? Because if you're accusing someone of being a predator and being a you know repeat rapist, you need to hear from a certain number of people to clarify those points, right? Because in the first trial, only one person was allowed to speak, which then that shows two, right? It'd be like, oh, he raped two people, which makes it a different thing from the multiple rapes that Cosby committed, you know? And we will say Cosby committed because he was not found innocent. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was not found innocent. So, um, yeah. Cosby raped a whole heap of people, but you're not allowed to have, you know, multiple people point this out, which is interesting. Now, I think the biggest one, though, the biggest one of the points that went against this new ruling was the fact that Cosby had had, supposedly... An agreement with a previous prosecutor, right? And this previous prosecutor had supposedly said, you won't ever go to trial. You know what I mean? Like, which you have to say to yourself, how the fuck is someone allowed to make that deal in the first place? Right? That's one thing, right? How the fuck... Is someone allowed to make that deal? You know, that seems crazy. That someone can go, oh, don't worry, you won't ever go to jail. You know, that's fucked up, right? So, he then did an interview and a cross-examination in a, or I believe in a civil case, right? Which then was used against him in the retrial. And so he's like, I would never have done that, right? And there's, and so this new ruling is that, you know, that he was put into a bad situation because of disagreement, right? And you're just a bit like, how is it a bad situation, though? Because 
He said what he said. <laughs> you know, like, the whole thing is about getting the truth, right? I thought that was meant to be the whole thing about these things. You know? They are done to get the truth of the matter. So, whether he he spoke in a civil, you know, in a newspaper, like a podcast, a rate, who gives a fuck? Motherfucker could have gone on Ellen. For all anyone gives a fuck, man. He he said what he said. He said what he said. And those words were used to prove what a piece of shit he is. So it seems weird to be like, oh, well, you know, he, he shouldn't have. If he had known that those words could have been used against him, he would never have said those words. He'd be like... So that means he would never have spoken the truth? You know what I mean? It's weird. It is weird that that can be a thing. That can be there used against, you know, the, the, the case to have him behind bars. Right? And remember, when he was behind bars... He could have got out early, but to get out early, he had to admit that he's a dirty rapist, which he wouldn't do. He wouldn't do. And this, again, this isn't to say that he didn't do it, right? Him getting out of jail, that doesn't prove he's innocent. That just proves that, you know... Some people are just crooked as a motherfucker, right? Crooked as a motherfucker. And, um, yeah, I feel feel there's probably interest being protected here. Because if he can go down for this, it means certain things could be used against certain peoples. You know? I think it's one of those situations. But this is in... Insane. It's insane. Now, this news is literally just breaking. So, it will be interesting to find out if this is it. Right? If this is it, or will there be another retrial? Right? What's going to happen? Because with so many people saying, and the fact that also, it's it was a known secret. Right, it was one of those ones where, oh yeah, everyone knows Cosby is a rapist. Everyone knows that shit. So, the fact that everyone knew, there's so many people came out and said he raped me. Right, because of these things, you wonder will there be another trial? Right, but um, yeah, I feel we're gonna have to wait to find out. But as as it is. Pudding Pops are back on sale. God damn. Okay, so this week, people, it was time to check out. I never know what to fucking call it, right? Because it's essentially season two, right? They call it part two for this season. Like, who are we fucking kidding? It is second season. Like, you know, because we know there's a third part coming. So what is that? (laughs) Right? Is that still the first season? 
It is some stupid ass shit. But anyway, part two, season two of Lupin dropped on Netflix. Right, the the show that uh you know is following the Maurice LaBlanc character created in the early 1900s you know Arson Lupin you know what I mean which is um yeah like the first five episodes of you know season one part one they were fun I enjoyed them you know it's it's um you know created by George K and Francis Uzan who uh, both wrote the piece directed by Louise Letter and Marcella Sied is produced by Isabelle De Joris, Nathan Farik and Martin Jabant cinematography is Christopher Nuance and Martel Schwulch edited by Jean Daniel Fernandez uh, Quidence uh, Richard Marizzi and Audrey Simont and it is starring Omar Sy as the main character Arsene Deep we have um, Ludivine Zagini as Claire his estranged wife um he got Etan Simon as rule their son. Um, his dad is often played in flashbacks by Fagas Assant. Um, we've got his friend Benjamin Farrell played by Anton Gui. Uh, our main protagonist. Herbert Pellegrini is played by Herve Pierre. His uh, wife Anne is played by Nicole Garcia, and daughter Juliette is played by uh, Clotilde Hesmi. Um, boy, we've also got uh, the Commissioner of Police Gabriel Dumont. Played by Vincent Garanja. Um, we have Captain Roman Laguia. Played by Vincent Londes. Uh, Lieutenant Sophia Bekalcom. Played by Shireen Batalila. Uh, Yusuf Guadria. Another detective. Played by Sufan Garaba. So, they're probably our main cast, right? And I will say, right, the the second season was a bit odd. Now, it it finished off the story fine to for most, you know, most extent, right? It, it kind of tied things up and we, you know, because the first five episodes ended with Raul being kidnapped, which in itself was all a little bit dubious, right? There's I think the age what role is, to, like to be, you know, because he's 
dragged into because what we now see at the start in episode six, he's dragged into the car. Doesn't shout out, right? You're and you're in a place surrounded by people. He's not shouting out, and you're like, what? What the fuck? That it makes no sense. It's, it's some dumb shit. And there just seems like there's a lot of stuff that's going on that doesn't necessarily make sense. You know what I mean? There's a lot that doesn't make sense. There's a lot that's a bit like, "Ah, really? Are we really doing this? And I kind of feel in those first five episodes, we didn't get as much of that. Right, it was, e- there was easier things to be like, alright, well, yeah, no, I can see that happening, or, yeah, alright, fine, we'll go with that, but when you've got so many things going down, right, so many things that seem a little bit dubious, it then does impact the enjoyment a little bit, you know, because, like, in now this first episode, right, so, Rules, you know, he's in the car and all of that. And we see him trying to find Raul, right? So, uh, you you know, Arsan, he, he's looking for Raul. And Yusuf comes along, right? He's been following Arsan, so he comes along. And they, you know, jump into a car, right? And he's following... And it's one of those weird ones, you know, that you often see, where some people are just behind, but then in other shots, they're not just behind, right? And you're like, wait, we're, we're, we've been told that, you know, they're basically on the tail of, you know, they're following the car, they can see the car, so how the fuck... Right, because then the car goes down this dirt trail, right, and it skids, kicking up all of this dust, and we all know that takes a little while to settle. It doesn't just suddenly disappear; it doesn't dissipate into nothing. So for then arson to not see this dust, you're like, what? <laughs> you mean that makes no sense? Right, that's weird. So we have that. There is a situation with Raul as well. Right? So when they finally, you know, track him down, like and it all goes down, right? There's this weird thing of Raul being in a car and not in a house and and you're just like right. How did you have time to do that? Gary, like it didn't make any sense. There's not enough time for this thing to go down, right, so that all happens, right, you have the police acting crazy, right, so Sophia, she's in it more this season, you kind of feel, and, right, so they finally get arson, and the way they're like, he's asking, what about my son? Is my son okay? And they're like, shut up. Yeah, you sit there. You do. And you'll be like, um, I don't know if the police are going to be acting like this. Right? They've got the police acting all sorts of crazy. And listen, 
Yes, there are the odd crazy police person out there, but I don't know if we're, we're saying they're all going to be acting in this way, right? They've got him handcuffed, they've got him locked up, and they're not just going to check a car to see if there's a body in it, right? It, it's all a little like, oh, are they really doing that shit? Like, are, are we really meant to believe that they wouldn't just look? It's right there, right? It, 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 and it's a kid. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it, it just makes sense to check, just to make sure. Because they've, you know, they already know the kid's missing because Claire told them the kid was missing. You know, so it's just weird that they're not checking, you know, it's all a bit like, this makes no sense, man, this makes no sense, you know, so that was, that was one big glaring issue with the story, but, you know, it, it, unfortunately, it's not the only one, right, it, it's just not the only thing, you have a lot of these weird little plot lines and and threads all over the place. Like, what happens with Raoul? You know, because you've got the look from the first five episodes. We know that the you know the commissioner is in bed with, um, you know Herbert. Right, so we we know all of that, but it's like. What he then tells the other officers to do, it's questionable as hell. Like, it makes no sense. So you're being told, oh, take this kid to this place. You're like, uh? Wait, why aren't we doing the normal shit? Like, why wouldn't we do... You know what I mean? It's just... It became a little, you know, ludicrous in what they're meant to be doing. You know, so you had all of this weird stuff. It it's like Claire turning on Arson was a little bit odd. You know, you kind of be like, wait, are you really doing that? Considering you you you've seen what happened, right? You understand. So it yeah, there's so many weird things at play. Which just impacted the story. Definitely impacted the story. Right? We have this, you know, because, you know, we've had all the flashbacks and all of that. But there's this weird thing with the caves. Right? And you're just like, hold on. Because, again, it's one of those ones where you're shown they're in the caves, but also the police are in the caves, and it seems the police are very close to them, so how is it the police aren't catching, especially because it's caves, there's echoes, if they're, you know, you're in this dark place, and you're both using torches, then you're gonna see the light, right, you're gonna see the light, now, once you escape the caves, surely, Surely, you will put down the escape hatch, right? You're not going to just leave it smack open so everyone can see. Oh, where does this lead? And 
wait, this could be where these people escape, you know what I mean, it just seems a bit like, why wouldn't you cover your tracks, right, it, it, it's not like they didn't have time to do it, it was weird, you know, because we've got this character who's been very um, meticulous about what he's doing, but then just real sloppy all of a sudden with a lot of shit, it all gets a little bit sloppy with where they're hiding out, how they're escaping. You're just like, wait, are we really believing that this character is going to be doing this? You know? And it was like getting Juliet to help them. You're thinking, like, she seems like she's a a nice young lady, seems like a nice young lady, and that she doesn't need to be played, so it was all a little bit weird, the whole kind of thing, because then we're left like, and then what are you doing, right, so is everything just a play, was there any truth in that situation, because it's just like, it seemed mean, it seemed mean to do, and, and you, you kind of been like, uh, I don't know if we'd see him do that, right, it, it was an odd one, especially knowing where Claire is, right, you'd be like, well, why wouldn't you, you know what I mean, yeah, it, it, there's just all this odd stuff, and we're kind of seeing just this a little bit of a 180 on the character that was set out for us in the first five episodes. That's what it kind of seemed. You know, we're seeing this change in direction, this new kind of code which he's been putting into place. And, you know, like, ah, I don't know. There's, you know, there's this whole bit about the code which is used in the, you know, the, 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 the hunt for him, you know, because Arsan Lupin doesn't kill, right, that's what they're saying, and, you know, it, this person follows what Lupin does, so, you know, so you're just like, yeah, so why is he going to be doing this shit, doesn't make any sense, doesn't make any sense whatsoever, now, look, it is fun, there is still a lot of fun stuff in there, you know, I, I think the, the last episode with um, the way it all goes down and gets tied together, that's not, that was kind of fun, there was a lot of predictable bits in there, like, well, obviously, right, obviously your ass is getting taped, you ain't like, Come on, man. <laughs> this line of questioning is only done for a certain reason. You know, so, yeah, there was, you know, some crazy shit. But, you know, I think it, it worked, right? It all worked. Now, the whole boat thing and then the very end end, you did kind of think, eh, well... Why? And I don't know how they would have tracked him 
at the right at the end, right? That seemed a bit like, but why would you think there, huh? I know, man. I don't know. But yeah, there you have it. You know, it is done. And then at the very, very end, we're told um, part three is coming. So, you know, as I said, so season three. Because this whole part thing is just, it's a bit stupid. <laughs> like, it's a bit, you know, you have five episodes in a season. So just let's just call it season one, two, and three. It makes it just makes more sense than part one, part two, part. Three, you know what I mean? It it just seems a a weird way to divide it all and and talk about it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I feel, I believe there is a a good number of books, so um, yeah, I guess it could be. You know, could be based on a number of things. But, uh, yeah, we will see. You know, like we had about, I don't know, the see, you know, the first part aired in January. So, I doubt we'll get any more this year. Do you know, I think it, it would give them time to go film and then launch it again in January next year. You know, and then if there's a part four... <laughs> you know, that can come out at this time again You know, it, it makes sense to kind of do it like that So, oh, we'll see what they have at cooking But, um, I mean, it wasn't terrible, right? I, I, I think that's probably fair It wasn't terrible I just didn't think it was n- as necessarily as smart as the first one I didn't think... Oh, gosh, and the disguise he used at the very end. Oh, my God. It it was so fake. Like, the beard looks so fake. Oh, man, it looks so fake. Boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like, you're just looking at me like, come on, that's not going to fool anyone. Like, anyone that would believe that that shit was real... They need to get their eyes tested. Because that was some funky shit. That was some funky ass shit. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, it's on Netflix, people. It's on Netflix so you can go and you can enjoy. You know? Part two, the last five episodes of A Lupin is now available. Okay, so this week I um I checked out Dead Moon, but the the crazy thing I didn't realize that it was part of this threshold universe. I didn't know there was a threshold universe. To be honest with you, right? Because the thing is, I really liked um fourteen Peter Klein's first book. I did think the end. The end wasn't quite as good as the rest of the book, but the rest of the book I enjoyed it so much. It the the very and I'm talking the very very end, right? I just thought, eh, it's fine because I'd enjoyed the book up to that point so much. I didn't mind a little flippy floppy at the end, right? So um, 
yeah, I, I remember doing the fold and just being a bit like, eh, I don't like it as much. I just didn't like it as much, man. But I didn't even know the fold was meant to be a sequel to 14. You know? I don't know what it says about me. <laughs> Maybe I'm an idiot. But I mean, there'd been such a gap in between any little, oh, that character was in, I just, yeah, just lost me. Just lost me. So when I picked up Dead Moon, yeah, I, I was a bit like, oh, right, I'd seen that it was, you know, it said fr- part three, and I'm thinking, I don't think I've done the previous, and then I realised, oh, I have, so I was like, okay, alright, fine, I'll do it, I'll do it, it's narrated by Ray Porter, which is always a good thing, Ray does a very good job with his voices and whatnot. And the gist of the book is this In the year 2243 The moon belongs to the dead The largest graveyard in the solar system It was the perfect solution to the overcrowding And environmental problems that had plagued mankind for centuries And the perfect place for Callie Washington to run away from her past But when a mysterious meteor crashes into one of the moon's cemeteries, Callie and her fellow caretakers find themselves surrounded by a terrifying enemy force that outnumbers them more than a thousand to one. So caretakers are the people that, yeah, bury and look after the dead, essentially, right? So... An enemy not hindered by the lack of air or warmth or substance. An enemy that is already dead. Now, Callie and her compatriots must fight to survive because if they don't, everyone on the moon and maybe joining the dead. Dum, dum, dum. So, I don't know. I was a little intrigued by that, so I figured I'd give it a go. And we spend a a chunk of time at the beginning following, like, just with, a, you know, a character that then we don't see the rest of the book, right? And I just thought, ah, oh, that, like, that was point, that was kind of pointless. But it's also the way then we don't see them, like, it, it's just a bit like, ba ba ba, And you're like, what? Really? That, that's... That's it? Then why did it... Because they weren't a great character. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, ah, man, I love that character. Ah, I miss that character so much. No, they were a shitty character. It was just some, you know, predictable rubbish. So it was uh, was just a bit like, ah, man, why did we have to sit through that? If now they're nowhere. Yeah, so that was um, very disappointing for me, really. I don't know. I, I was just like, oh. So, you know, all of this stuff is starting to go down. And it. I, I guess the weird thing about the book is everyone's so dumb, right? You've got characters that are meant to be smart. There's this one girl, I forget her name. She's meant to be really clever, you know, all of this. But... It, it It's just, no one picks up on anything, and you're just like, wait, 
how the fuck are they not picking up on you? Know, it, it's just a bit like, what? Like, there are no contingencies. You know, they're not working anything out. And it it does get a little frustrating at times. Because you're just like, okay, but wouldn't you then just... And couldn't you then just... Why aren't they... You know, there's just none of that. Right? And, and it's baffling. Now, the mayor is working against them. And not in a bad way. They just don't need to shame. You know, which, look, I get. I get. And I wasn't terribly mad at that. Right? So, that's fine. But you're you're then thinking, just in general. Because, hey, if... If something shitty might go down at work and it's going to affect me, I will be making contingencies, right? I'm being like, all right, fine. They're not saying I can't, they, they haven't let me do this, but they didn't say I couldn't do that. So, you know what I mean? You'd work little things and you, there's workarounds, but we don't really see them do any workarounds, which I thought was a bit baffling. I'm like, wait. Why wouldn't you? Huh? So there is all all of this. And, you know, all the way through, our characters are carrying these big secrets. These big secrets. So you're just like, okay, at some point we're going to get these secrets. Okay. Well, yep, I'm always down for some crazy situations. So can't wait for those. But, yeah, this thing is happening. And we just see... We see characters do the dumbest shit, right? You you know there is a thing, and we're seeing the characters, like, just character after character after character do stupid things. And you're just thinking to yourself, listen, I know there's dummies in the world, right? I know there's dummies in the world, but what the fuck? Like... Why would they be doing that? That makes no sense. Come on, man. Really? Are we really doing that? Right? And you're just scratching your head. And it's a little baffling. It's a little baffling. How? And then you have other characters that are clearly shook by a situation. And when someone is like that, you'd be like, okay... Everyone, we got to watch that person Or let's just put them in this room You know, let's put this person in this room um, Because otherwise they're going to do themselves a little damage Right? Nothing We see none of that Which you're just like Huh? Really? And then when we get to these se- These secrets These big just life-changing things that sent these people to the moon. Kind of rubbish. Kind of rubbish, ain't gonna lie. Right, there's this one, and I'm not gonna tell you exactly what it is, but the, the characters are just like, well, I did this thing. And, you know, it's like, boom, 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 boom. Right? I mean, and, yeah. Kind of crazy, right? But I don't regret it. And you're just like, well, it was for work, so yeah, 
You you wouldn't. You know what I mean like the everything that is described in the thing, you're just like, well, you're not at fault. It's a shitty thing that might have happened, but like when you look at it, it wasn't your fault. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, and it just eats at me that I don't feel sad. And you're just like, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shut up. Who the fuck? Because he's the dude, like, he's the one that is eager to play this game of, you tell me your secret and I'll tell you mine. And he's just like, why would you be? Why would you be? And then hers, just as pathetic. Just as pathetic. And you're just like, Oh, you wanted something and it didn't happen. Boo, motherfucking who? And he's just like, wait, you didn't try and do anything else? Like, you didn't try and stay in the thing by some other thing? Like, nothing. And it's just, I don't feel sad for either of you sad sack motherfuckers. Like, you need to fuck off because someone's going to bitch slap you. You're, you're ridiculous. You are ridiculous right now. You know what I mean? Oh, man, it was infuri. It was infuriating. It really was. So you have all of this happening, right? Well, you know, they still haven't worked out why, how, who. None of any of this has been worked out yet, right? So we have all of that. And you're just kind of, you know... You're you're wondering, okay, so when are we getting to the thing? Because these people are just doing stupidness and more and more of these things are appearing. So how do they get around this, huh? And the book is just building, building, building. But they, every character, like, they just keep on doing stupid things, right? There's this bit towards the end when, you know... You you have this guy and he's stolen this thing and it's kind of yeah. But then someone walks up and does something and you're just like, wait, why the fuck would they do that? Like when you when you are told what happened to this person, the nature of the thing, you obviously think, oh, then. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the character goes and does this bit, and you're just like, what? What are you doing? Come the fuck on, man. Like, that's it. That's just stupidness. Stupidness. And so that's him. That's just crazy, right? That's all crazy. And the way this ends... Oh my gosh, like, the way it ends is one of those, and, ba-ba-bum, and it's this, and everything, and it looks like, two weeks later, and you're like, wait, what? What? (laughs) You're really doing that shit. You're really, you have the character backed up into this corner. With no way out, and then you pull a two week. I don't like. I don't. I say two weeks later. I forget the time frame. But I'm like, you pull a two weeks later bullshit on us. What? I don't. 
No. That's some bullshit. Right? It, it, it was insane. It was insane what they did. And how how it was, like, concluded. You know, it was, it was just like, talk about taking the easy way out. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there was that. And you had people going, oh, yeah, the moon, the moon. And you were just like, wait, but you never liked it. You didn't show you liked it. So why would you? What? You know, and, and, and it's just like, this thing happened, and now it's not, and, it, like, no one's like, oh, well, it could be a problem for, or what if this, like, no one is just like, well, you know, it's not here anymore, we've solved it, yay, and you're just like, Nah, <laughs> that's just dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> and like one thing as well that's not really explained because you know they they they, they talk about this whole thing and it's like oh well you know it, it, this thing is happening because it it's trying to get this to be here, right? Which is fine. You're thinking okay, yeah, that makes sense, right? But the, what doesn't make sense, though, is when you, you know, because there's a bit in the book and it's, you know, it, it basically we're told, right? We're told this, what this thing is happening and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, so why would it then make people like these people do? Because they had no connection with, like, their actions didn't help this big overarching goal, so it'd be like, why did they then do, huh, you know, it, like, it, it's just like, all right, fine, if you want to, if you want to say that this does this, and this gets you here, and blah, 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 fine, 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 but to then have, like, that, I don't, like, that, it just doesn't make any sense, doesn't make any sense, but fuck it, that's it, man. That's just the way it be. It's the way it be. But um, yeah, you know, I look, I yeah, it wasn't really for me this one. <laughs> and I just think, yeah, I think me and Mister Clyde's probably we're not gelling, which is fine because an old heap of people's lovey shit, which is all gravy, man. Because yeah, as I said, look, for, I love fourteen. Fourteen was great. So, um, I'm a bit like, if you like The Fold, I think you would like this. Because I, yeah, the fo- me and The Fold were a bit like, meh. You know, estranged cousins. So, I'm just like, if you really dug The Fold, then I think you would really dig, or you would really dig, even, um, Dead Moon. Right? And, um, yeah, Porter does a good job. It's, it's Ray Porter, you know what I mean? So, yes. It's on Audible. I think it's an Audible exclusive. An Audible original as such. Right? So, um, yeah. Go check it out, people. Because it's there floating around. And um, you can enjoy it if you like. So, yeah. Dead Moon. Book free of the Threshold Universe.
Okay, people. So we have hit that time again. You know, what I mean? we're coming to the end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look at what's going on in the world of TV. All right. So um, there's an interesting little experiment that uh, you know, is getting looked at. Right. So there is a popular. Webtoon series called Deep It's a Korean um, Show And Electric Brain Entertainment Have landed the rights To adapt it for TV So it's a sci-fi series And um, it looks at Families of humans Who went missing And suddenly began to reappear from the ocean as living corpses Unaged and unchanged in the years or decades since their disappearance Now what they're looking to do is make two TV shows One a Korean and one an English language series Right, with connecting storylines You know? So it uh, all feeds each other, and they think that by doing this, you know, they will they will act as promotional tools for each other, bringing people from one to the other. Which, you know, what in some respect, yes, that is a thing. But I do kind of feel: Are you going to? Um, uh, you know, what I mean? are you going to dub either show, right? Because it's all well and good having these things, but you have to make them accessible for your audiences. Yeah. So it's getting written by Zach Stentz, produced by Jeffrey Clark. Um. So yeah, we'll see what happens with these. You know. I mean, uh, as an idea goes, it's not a bad one. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, um, so <laughs> what is intriguing is TNT is making a TV series of a 2011 Liam Neeson film. Yeah, uh, they're making a sequel to Unknown. Right, which it's an odd one, right? So, I think mean, the, the film was about you know a doctor who's you know loses his memory, wakes up and finds that you know he, he's he, he's part of a an assassination plot, right? But the TV series, I say, is picking up after the events of the film, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like you don't have to actually tie it into this film. You could just create something brand new. Like it's not a film that is in the lexicon of oh my god, that was incredible. Like no one's talking about this film. So it seems weird to to tie a TV show to it like this. You know what I mean? I don't know, it, like, because you kind of think that, because they did it with Animal Kingdom and Snowpiercer, but those were two bigger films, you know what I mean? 
don't know, people. But it's it's happening. It is going down. <laughs> so yeah. Well, we'll see what they do with it. Alright. Um over on HBO, right? They they've got a new series from uh, the creator of Euphoria, Sam Levinson, who also made that uh, Malcolm and Maria film, which was very good. Uh, so this one is called The Idol, right? And it's um, yeah, following a female pop singer who starts a romance with an enigmatic LA club owner who is the leader of a secret cult. Boom, boom, boom. And um, the big thing about it is the weekend is um, he's serving as a uh, producer on the piece, right? Along with Reza Famim um, at Levinson, you know, uh, Joseph Epstein is the showrunner. Ashley Levinson, Kevin Turin, and Aaron L. Gilbert. They're also executive producing, but also The Weeknd will be starring in the piece as well. So, uh, yeah, I know, huh? I think mean, we saw The Weeknd in, I think we saw The Weeknd in Uncut Gems, right? So, I don't know, we'll see. We will see if he can act. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's going to be the big question here. But yeah, that's happening. Now, this, this was a bit of a surprise, right? So they made a TV series of Good Omens a couple of years back. You know, the, it was a, a adaptation of the book from Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Um, it was, you know, a very extremely popular book, right? Big book collaboration between two very popular authors, so you know it kind of made sense that they they made this TV show. Starred Michael, um, no, Michael Sheen and uh, David Tennant, so big stars attached. All of that, BBC and Amazon co-production, right? Um, well, they've just announced that. It's getting a second season, which you're like, okay, alright, because, you know, there's only one book. Now, I do remember, right, so when this was all announced, I'd gone to a thing with Neil Gaiman, right, it was at the, oh gosh, it was at the South Bank Centre, um, and he... Oh, it was for, to promote. Oh, it was to promote Mythos. You know that uh, the the North mythology book that he had out. And someone asked him about Good Omens. He mentioned at the time that this was coming, but also that him and Pritchett had talked about a sequel, but it just never happened. You know, because uh, Pritchett, you know, he eventually died, and it was just one of those things. So. Supposedly, this second season will be using some of the notes they made for the potential sequel book. Alright? So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. I haven't actually watched season one yet. It's on the, you know, it's in the watch list and all of that. 
so um, mm, I, I'm gonna get to it I'm gonna get to it and I'm definitely intrigued by this one now this oh my god this is something that yo we're gonna end on this and I am looking forward to it people because the 24th of September is the date of the launch of foundation yes so Apple TV right they have adapted the classic Isaac Asimov novel you know, and I'm assuming if this first season goes well, that they will, you know, adapt the other books, right? Because there's a few books in the series, you know? I think there's at least three. I want to say there's five. I might be wrong. But, uh, yeah, it is coming in September. So, you know, on Friday the 24th, they're going to drop the first three episodes and then every Friday after that, another episode will drop, right? So in total, there will be 10 episodes. So, uh, you know, two and a half months worth of enjoyment could be on the cards, people. You know what I mean? So uh, Lee Pace, he's going to star in it. And it's executive produced and showrun by David S. Goya. Also executive producing is Robin Asimov, Josh Friedman, Cameron Welsh, David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, and Bill Boost. <laughs> there you have it. Now, if you don't know the story, it follows um, revolutionary Dr. Harry Seldon, Right, who predicts the impending fall of the empire. He and a band of loyal followers venture to the far reaches of the galaxy to establish the foundation in an attempt to rebuild and preserve the future of civilization. Enraged by Hari's claims, the ruling Cleons, a long line of emperor clones, Fear their grasp on the galaxy may be weakening, and as they're forced to reckon with the potential reality of losing their legacy forever. <laughs> so Seldon will be played by Jared Harris. Man, it is a crazy ass story. So man, it'll be very interesting to see how um, how this turns out. And uh, you can on the 24th of September, people. So, yes, that's it. Um, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your week, people. We will be back, as always, next Wednesday. All right? And remember, go check out Blood Red Shoes, all right? Peace.